Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are grateful that you're here. We pray that you will be blessed by this message and that God will impact your hearts. Let's listen. Peter and Andrew and James and John were professional fishermen. This is what they did for a living. Their livelihood depended upon catching fish, and they fished all the time. And the story we're looking at today, the, uh, Peter and Andrew, James and John, they, they fished all night, and they didn't catch anything. And the sun came up, and they said, well, let's, let's throw out a few more casts, and, and they didn't catch anything. And so they come into the shore there at the Sea of Galilee. They parked their two boats there at the shore, and they're cleaning their nets. And Jesus comes on the scene. The port city of Capernaum was right there. And Jesus had just begun his earthly ministry, but he already had this huge people who were following him. They, they wanted to hear the word of God. They wanted to see what Jesus was gonna do. They wanted to hear what, what Jesus was gonna say. And so this huge crowd comes down to hear Jesus preach. And Jesus asks Peter, he said, hey, can, can I get in your boat and push it off a little bit from the shore so that I can teach the people. And so he gets in Peter's boat and they put it off a little bit from the shore and he begins to, to teach the people. Well, after Jesus is done teaching the people, he looks over to Peter and he says, Let, let's take the boat out to some deeper water and let down the nets for a catch. Jesus isn't talking about going fishing, he's talking about catching fish. And Peter says, you know, Rabbi, we, we fished all night. We haven't called anything. Like, I don't think it's a good idea. But because you say so, we'll do it. And so they go out and they, and they let down their nets one time. And their nets were so full of fish that the net began to tear. And they called James and John over from the other boat and they had so much fish. Both boats were completely full and the boats were about to sink because of all the fish that were in the boats. And Peter realizes who Jesus is. And he bows down and he, he says, you know, away from me, Lord. And Jesus says, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they get back to the shore, Peter and Andrew and James and John, they leave their boats, they leave all the fish, they leave their nets, they leave their business, and they follow Jesus. Today is the finale of our Hooked message series. And I've been rallying the troops, I've been rallying our church and challenging us to be a fishers of men and women church, to be an outwardly focused church, to be a great commission church. I hope this is inspiring you. Are you guys inspired? Are, are you ready for the finale? Are we awake? All right, all right, that's good. So, so today is gonna get very practical. At the, end of the, at the end of the message, I'm gonna give you four things that every single person here, every single person at all of our campus, like everybody can do the four things that I'm gonna ask you to do today. So if you have your talk notes, pull your talk notes out. You can actually take notes on the app. So if you go to the Greystone app, you can take notes, email the notes to yourself. Uh, some people over the years have said that my messages are pointless. 
This message has 10 points, okay? So I'm, make, I'm making up for some of those pointless messages. We've got 10 points today, okay? We're in Luke chapter five, if you wanna follow along. I just told the story, but we're gonna go a little bit deeper into the story. Point number one is to go to deeper water. To go to deeper water, Luke 5, verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Simon, go to deeper water. Now, now in the next chapter, Jesus changes Simon's name to Peter, right? His life changes and his name changes. He says, go out to deeper water to catch some fish. Well, Peter and his buddies had been fishing all night and they hadn't caught anything. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of my fishing trips. I don't know if any, any of the guys can relate. Have you ever been on a fishing trip where you don't catch anything? My dad and my brother, I've been talking about them. They're, they're huge fishermen. My brother sent me pictures yesterday of him catching these amberjack. And apparently they catch a lot of fish when I'm not with them. But every time I go with them, we don't catch anything. So I'm not sure if they're like going to the store and buying these fish and, and sending. But they are blaming me when they don't catch fish. They say, well, you're bad luck. You're the one that skunked this. You're, you're a jinx. You're not holding your mouth right. Don't dads love this? That's not like a classic dad. You gotta learn, learn to hold your mouth right, son, to catch some fish. So Jesus says to go to deeper water. Peter must have been fishing in the shallow water. He must have been in the safe water. He must have been in the less riskier water, the comfortable waters. And Jesus says to go out to where it is deep. I believe this is a word that God is speaking to someone, and that's why I wanted to be point number one. As God is speaking to you, saying, you need to go to deeper. You need to go to deeper water. You need to go deeper in your faith. You need to go deeper in your relationship with me. You need to quit playing it safe. Get, get out of the shallow end and go to the deep waters of the faith. Go out to the waters where you can't see down. You don't know what's down there. Quit being a spiritual infant and grow to spiritual maturity. Quit feeding off of the, off of the milk, but get to the real meat of the word of God, like God is challenging you and you know your next step is to, to grow deeper. If you haven't committed to a small group, like this is our last push, like today's the day because small groups begin this week, I would love for you to get in discipleship. Uh, we've got this uh, four book training program, so excited about this, and the goal is to get everybody in our church discipled and equipped so that you in turn can take somebody else through the discipleship process. And so uh, it begins with starting points. I'm excited because I'm, I'm beginning a brand new group like this Tuesday night. If you wanna be in my discipleship group, we're starting with book one and we're gonna go all the way through. Would love for you to be a part of that with me. Uh, we have groups doing marks of Jesus' disciples, growing towards spiritual maturity. And this is hot off the presses. I wrote this this summer, the life of a multiplying disciple maker. This is gonna teach and equip you how to be a fisher of men, how to be a fisher of women. We, we probably have 
uh, well over 100 people who are going through this one. So super excited about that. But jump into a discipleship group. You can sign up on your communication card. Number two, go where the fish are. If you wanna catch fish, you have to go to where the fish are. So I want you guys to check out this funny video. fishing, man. What's it look like? In my pool? Yeah, it's water, ain't it? What do you mean? There's no fish in here. So? Well, you're not going to catch any fish if you don't go where the fish are. It's ridiculous, right, to be fishing in a swimming pool where you can actually look around and see that there's no fish to catch. If you wanna catch fish, you have to go to where there's actually fish to catch. If we wanna reach people for Jesus Christ, we have to go to where the lost people are. There's no impact without contact. And we're talking a lot about getting outside the walls of the church. We're to be the light of the world. We should be shining our light into a dark world. We are to be the salt of the earth. But if the salt never comes in contact, it doesn't change things, it doesn't make a difference. We have to get out of the salt shaker. Like Christians, we're in our holy huddles, we're in our churches, we're in the salt shaker. We have to get out of the salt shaker and make an impact. No impact without contact. We have to go to where the lost people are. If everyone in your friend group already knows Jesus, you need to make some new friends. I mean, you don't dish your old friends, right? But, but you wanna make new friends. Make some friends so you can reach them for Jesus. If everyone who lives in your neighborhood already knows Jesus, then reach out to a new neighborhood. Maybe God would lead you to move to a new neighborhood. I love it when I see people moving to new neighborhoods so that they can reach the neighborhood for Christ. And maybe you've just moved to a new neighborhood and you've got this incredible opportunity to meet all of these new people and, and reach them for Christ. If everybody on your ball team already knows Jesus, then reach out to the other ball team. And, and here, here's an idea for you. So say you have a softball team, right? And you pray before the games. Well, reach out to the other team and say, hey, we'd like to pray before the games. Would you guys like to pray with us? And invite them in to pray with you. I've never had anyone turn down prayer. Like people love for us to pray for them. Invite the other team to pray for you. Now, I encourage you to do it before the game, not after the game. Because we're in it to win it, right? We're in it to win the game. We're not out there for fun and fellowship. Like, we're in it to win the, the game. And after we beat them, they may not want to pray with us. So you want to pray before the game, okay? So that we can reach them for Jesus. Reaching out, putting ourselves 
around lost people. Number three, to get out of your comfort zone. Going into the deeper waters could be out of your comfort zone. It's easy to stay close to the harbor. It's easy to stay by the shore. But you go out into the deep waters, well, that's pretty risky. It takes a, a step of faith. Later on in, in Peter's life, Jesus is walking on water, freaks him out. <laughs> but Peter, he's the outgoing one, right? And he, he says, well, well Jesus, can I, can I walk on water? And Jesus says, come, and Peter steps out of the boat and walks on water. To my knowledge, Jesus and Peter are the only two people ever to walk on water. Now, when I was in high school and I was water skiing in the bayou and I looked over, I was on a slalom ski and I looked over and saw a 13-foot alligator, I'm pretty sure I walked on water to get back in the boat. <laughs> like, I could make an argument that I've walked on water, but, but Peter and Jesus, to my knowledge, are the only people who truly walked on water. And in order to walk on water, Peter had to take a step of faith. He had to step out of the comfort of the boat. He had to take a step, step of faith. Every great move of God begins with a step of faith. And a step of faith precedes a miracle. If you want God to do a miracle in your life, you have to take a step of faith. The step of faith precedes the miracle. We have to get out of our comfort zone. Now, I've been training the church on evangelism. And evangelism is telling other people about Jesus. Every time we share with someone about Jesus, we have to get out of our comfort zone. I, I don't know, if maybe for some of you it becomes more natural. For me, you, you guys probably don't know this or believe this, but I'm shy, right? I'm like, I'm like a shy. And every time I share my faith, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm getting my hair cut. I'm at great clips. I'm thinking, am I gonna have the conversation? Am I gonna try to share with her about the gospel? I'm at the gym. I'm on, I'm on the bike, and the guy's next to me on the bike. Okay, am I gonna, am I gonna have the conversation? Am I, am I gonna get out of my comfort zone? Am I, am I gonna take a step of faith? Am I gonna share with him? I'm at the golf course. A couple Saturdays ago, I got hooked up with somebody I didn't know. I'm like, okay, I've got 18 holes. <laughs> I've got 18 holes, I've gotta get out of my comfort zone. And by hole 10, I'm sharing with him about Jesus. It's a, it's a step of faith. We have to get out of our comfort zone. There's a risk involved. There's a step of faith involved. Number four, evangelism is hard work. Evangelism is hard work. Luke 5, 5, Master Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. I mean, put yourself in Peter's shoes. He didn't, they didn't wanna go back out. <laughs> they're tired, they're exhausted. They've been fishing all night. He's already cleaned the nets. He's already put the boat up. He just wants to go home, eat some breakfast, take a nap. Oh, if we go back out, I'm gonna have to clean the boat again. I'm gonna have to clean the nets again. There's some work involved. Evangelism is hard work. Getting outside the walls of the church is hard work. 
I am so proud of our staff team. Our, our staff team has made this huge effort to get out into the community. Go into the, the football practices and the football games and the ballparks and the schools. Josh Fraser was flipping burgers at, at Loganville High School football game this past week. Uh, Spencer, our student pastor, of course, Wednesday nights is the big student night. If you have students, you need to get them here on Wednesday nights. But they get home late. Spencer got home late last Wednesday night. The next morning, Thursday morning, he wakes up early. Now, I know this because the first lady woke up before dark, drove over to Spencer's house to watch Spencer's kids so that Spencer could go to Archer High School. They're having a you know, game day breakfast. They were in the Corky Kell, and he was able to, to speak to the team, to pray over the team. It's hard work to go to the ballpark three or four nights a week, to go to the schools uh, four or five times a week, to, to drive up to Milton, hour, hour and 15 minutes there, hour and 15 minutes back. Like, it's hard work. Evangelism is hard work. Now, the more times we share our faith, the more opportunities we have to lead someone to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's just like fishing. And I share with you guys last week, I love fishing, I grew up fishing, but I hardly ever go fishing. Like my dad called me out on it, like, well, you really don't fish that much. I might fish two or three times a year. I don't catch very many fish. Now, if I went fishing every week, I would catch a lot more fish. If we only share the gospel with somebody two to three times a year, we're not gonna lead very many people to faith in Jesus Christ. But if we share the gospel every week, like 50 times a year, we're increasing our odds of leading someone to Jesus. If we, if we share the gospel two to three times a week, we're putting that many hooks in the water and we're, we're sharing our faith that many times, we're gonna have the opportunity to lead more people to faith in Jesus. It's getting out of our comfort zone. It's hard work. One of, the, one of the verses that I claim from our ministry, 2 Timothy 2.6, it says, the hardworking farmer shall be the first to receive a share of the crops. The hardworking farmer. If we work hard, God is going to bless. God blesses hard work. God blesses us when we work hard. It's a, it's a biblical principle. You reap what you sow. What you put into something is what you get out of something. And so we're putting in the time, we're putting in the work, we're putting in the effort, believing that God is gonna bless. God's gonna cause the increase. God is going to cause the growth. Evangelism requires obedience. Jesus commands us to share our faith. The Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. It's the Great Commission. Jesus has commissioned the church. It's not the great suggestion. It's not like a great idea. Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he has all authority in heaven and on earth. He tells the church, to, he's sending us out to go and make disciples. It's his plan that one day there'll be someone from every tribe, tongue, people, and language in heaven worshiping him. His plan to fill the earth with the gospel is using us as his workers. Look in Luke 5, 4, Jesus says, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. 
Peter, I, I want you to go out to the deep water and let down your nets. It takes action. It takes doing. Uh, in our discipleship group, Jason Moore, in the morning text, he keeps, he keeps pointing out how, how it's action, it's going, it's doing, it's fishing, it's, it's trusting God, it's taking steps of faith. Peter takes action, he's obedient, and God blesses his obedience. He, he let down the nets, he did what God asked him to do. And look what, in verse six it says, and this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. Almost sounds like a fish story, doesn't it? We're great at, we're great at exaggerating our stories, but this actually happened. Like There's so many fish that the net was about to tear. God blesses obedience. God blesses steps of faith. If Peter doesn't obey Jesus, he doesn't catch any fish. If he doesn't let down the nets, there, there's not gonna be any fish in the nets. I, I talked about this last week. If we wanna catch a fish, we have to put a hook in the water. If we wanna lead someone to faith in Jesus Christ, we have to tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we looked at the passage last week, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. We need to share the message of Christ with them to give them an opportunity to come to know Jesus. And so the nets in the illustration here, the nets are symbolic of the gospel. Our job is to let down the nets. Now we can't control whether the fish get in the nets or not. Now Jesus can because he has dominion over all the animals of the earth, right? Like he can tell all the fish, get in the net. And that's what he does. All, he tells all the fish to get in the net and the, the fish get in the net. Now we share the gospel. We have no control over whether someone accepts Christ or not. Our job is not to change their hearts. Our job is to share the gospel and it's up to Jesus to change their hearts. Number six, Jesus is the difference. Jesus is the difference. They fished all night and caught nothing. They let down their nets one time with Jesus in the boat and they caught a record number of fish. Jesus was and is the difference. We can apply that to any area of our lives. Apply it to your marriage. Jesus is the difference. Apply it to your family. Apply it to your parenting. Like Jesus is the difference. He will make all the difference in the world. Apply it to your business. Apply it to your team. Apply it to anything. On their own, they came up empty, but with Jesus, their nets were full. Our nets cannot even hold the blessings that Jesus wants to fill in our lives. I'm gonna say that again. Our nets cannot even hold the blessings that Jesus wants to fill in our lives. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came that we might have life. And he says in John 10 that we would have life to the full. He wants us to live full lives. He wants us to live abundant lives. And it comes from trusting in him. It comes from obeying him. It comes from, from depending on him. It comes from, from being faithful to do what he has called us to do. John 15, 5, Jesus, John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, we're talking about a spiritual impact. We're talking about seeing lives change for all eternity. 
Now on earth, we might can do some things on our own, but to have a spiritual impact to see somebody else's life change for all eternity, we can't do this on our own. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. But with Christ, Philippians 4, 13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. He can empower us to be witnesses for him. It's through his strength that we can tell other people about Jesus. He is the difference in our lives. Number seven, prayer is an integral part of evangelism. Prayer is a huge part of evangelism. It shows our trust and dependence upon God. 1 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6 says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So that he who plants or he who waters is anything but God who makes things grow. Like we can plant the seeds of the gospel, we can water the seeds of the gospel, we can let down the nets of the gospel, but we don't cause the growth. We don't cause the increase. Only God can cause the increase. Our part is to share the gospel. Our part is to let down the nets. God's part is to cause the growth. Now, I've been sharing the gospel now for 30-something years, and one of the things that I've learned over the years is I cannot change anybody's heart. There's certain people I've been reaching out to for 30 years. I cannot change their heart, but God can. God can change their heart. We've seen it, have we not? Now, I have a few examples where I've been praying and praying and praying for people for 30 years, but also I've, I've, I've had so many examples. I've been praying for someone for 17 years and they come to know Christ and their lives have been changed. I can't change somebody's heart, but God can. You can't change your daughter's heart, but God can. You cannot change your husband's heart, but God can. You cannot change your dad's heart, but God can. You cannot change your best friend's heart, but God can, because he's the one who causes the growth. He, he can take a heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh. You know, prayer is a huge part of evangelism because not only are we telling people about Jesus, we're then praying that God would change their lives because we can't change their lives. Prayer moves the hand of God. We've been praying for revival this year. We've been praying for lives to be changed. We've been praying for 365 baptisms. Everybody thinks pastor's crazy because 365 baptisms in one year is crazy, right? Well, so far, we're, we're like 140 people have crashed the waters of baptism. We have a lot of people crashing the waters of baptism today. But if it's gonna happen, it's gonna be because God moves in people's hearts. And so, I wanna share with you guys, we're uh, launching back off our, week, our weekly prayer time. So here at the Loganville campus, we're gonna be praying on Tuesday nights at six o'clock. We're praying for a revival. We're praying for God to change hearts. We're keeping a list of names that we're, we're praying for. Uh, the Monroe campus is Sundays at four o'clock. The Oconee campus is Sunday nights, time to be determined. So prayer is a huge part of evangelism. Number eight, teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work. Luke 5, 7, a shout for help brought their partners from the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge 
of sinking. See, that one boat couldn't hold all the fish. They had to bring, bring their buddies in in the other boat. Ministry is a team effort. You cannot do ministry alone. You're not like this, this Rambo fisherman in a kayak by yourself out in the deep waters trying to catch some big fish because you're gonna end up drowning, right? I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna look good on YouTube or Instagram or something like that if you haul a big one in. But Jesus didn't do ministry alone. Jesus built a team of people around him. Of course, he had the, he had the 12 apostles, but, but also there, there, there were uh, several women who were a part of his inner circle. There were other disciples who followed him. Jesus sent out the 72 by two. Like he, he traveled with, with a team. It's a team effort. We have a dream team in Gracetown. We have a dream team of staff and dream team of volunteers. We get to do ministry together. It makes it sustainable. One person can't do it by themselves. And it's so much more fun when you get to do ministry with your friends. You get to do ministry with people that you love and you care about. Number nine, your boat has to be big enough to bring in the big catch. Your boat has to be big enough to bring in the big catch. I've been sharing with you guys about my dad's Seacrest, the 14-foot fiberglass skiff that's 45 years old. We never take the Seacrest out into the deep waters of the Gulf of Mexico. Like, we stay around the harbor, we're in Back Bay Biloxi, we're in Bayou Bernard, but if you took the Seacrest out past the islands into the deep waters, you're not coming back with the Seacrest. It's not big enough for the deep waters. You have to have a big enough boat to bring in the catch. Now, I want you to see in the story, they filled up two boats full of fish. And those, fi those boats were about to sink. Now, what is the boat of the church? If we're using this illustration of fishing. If the nets are the gospel, what are the boats? The boats are the church building, okay? Now the church are, is the people, but the church building are the boats. And we're trying to get people in the boat, right? We're trying, we're trying to get people into the boat and baptized and growing in their faith. You can only get as many people into the boat who can actually fit in the boat. Have you guys ever noticed the size of a church is the size of its building. Now, I notice these things because I'm a pastor, right? So I'm driving around, I'm seeing, I'm seeing churches. Whatever, whatever profession you are in, do, you probably notice. Like if you're in real estate, you notice houses for sale. If you're selling heavy construction equipment, you see heavy construction equipment everywhere. I see churches. Churches, whatever size the building is, and the parking lot, that is the size of the church. Have, have y'all ever thought about that? So if you have a small building, you have a small church. And you have a big building with a big parking lot, you have a big church. Now sometimes when the big church loses its vision, loses its mission, loses its focus, there's all kind of infighting going on. That church gets smaller, and so you have a smaller church meeting in a big building 
But you never see a big church meeting in a small building. You need to build a bigger boat. So if you outgrow your building, you can go to two services. You can go to multiple services, right? Like, like we have multiple services. So you, you're doubling the space of your, of your building. You're doubling the space by going to more services. Or you build a new boat, like you start a new church or you start a new campus. Or you build a bigger boat where, where you are. So I'm, I'm excited to share this with you guys because God is moving. God is moving in our church. I don't know if you guys realize this or not. Last year we had 140 people crash the waters of baptism and not, I didn't even get a clap out of you guys. That's pretty exciting stuff. Come on. What is... Wake up, wake up, church. <laughs> our Monroe campus, I just shared this with you guys, is we've outgrown our Monroe campus. We're blowing out the wall. We're blowing out a wall, okay? We're going from a 250-seat auditorium blowing out the wall to a 500-seat auditorium. That's exciting, right? We're making a bigger boat. Of course, they're still gonna have two services so they can reach twice as many people. And if we need to start more services, we'll start more services. If we need to start more campuses, we'll build, build more boats. If we need to build a bigger boat here, we'll build a bigger boat here. We wanna reach as many people as we possibly can. Like God has called us to be a light in a dark world. He wants us to dominate this community with the love of Jesus Christ. And if we need to add a service, we need to build a boat, we need to start a new boat, we want to reach as many people as we possibly can. After this miraculous catch, Peter and the fishermen bow down to Jesus and they worship him. Point 10 is we're to give God all the praise and glory. On our own, our nets are empty. On our own, our, our boats are empty. But with Jesus, he brings in this miraculous catch. When someone's life is changed, Luke chapter 15 says the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And the church is rejoicing. When people in a, in a little bit are gonna crash the waters of baptism, it's a celebration. There's a party in heaven we're having a party here and we're giving God the glory because we recognize that we're not the ones who changed this person's life. Jesus is the one who changed their life and we're giving him all the praise. We're giving him all the glory. The passage ends uh, verse 10 and 11. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Jesus says, you'll be fishing for people. Following Jesus is fishing for people. If we're truly following Jesus, we will be fishing for people. Are you guys ready to fish for people? Is our church ready to be a great commission church? Do, do we want to, to, to be a, a fishers of men and fishers of women church. So I'm going to give you some practical things. I'm giving you four practical things. Literally, these are things that everyone can do. Doesn't matter if you're shy or not shy. It really doesn't matter. Everybody can do these four things. Now, I want to encourage you, 
at least do one of them. If you just wanna hit a single today, you just wanna get, get a little, little base, base hit between second and third, you know, that's fine. You wanna get a double, get a double off the wall, you got a triple, you got a home run, you can do all four. The first is to put a Greystone bumper sticker on your car. We have Greystone bumper stickers in everyone's seats. This is something simple everybody could do. If you don't already have one on your car, put it on your car. We wanna we want get the word out as best we can. Now, last week I talked about we have a verbal witness, but we also have a lifestyle witness. If you're someone who's not a good witness on the roads, like you might engage in road rage, or you might give somebody a certain signal or sign when you get upset with them. Because I had someone tell me a few years ago, hey, uh, someone with a Greystone bumper sticker on their car flipped me off the other day. So I don't want any of those kind of words getting back to me. But if you think you could have a good witness in, in your uh, transportation, put a bumper sticker on your car. The second thing you can do is give Greystone a five-star Google review. Now, we've got the QR code. I wanna get everyone here to pull out your phone. At all of our campuses, pull out your phone. Are y'all pulling your phones out? If you have your phone, pull it out, okay? We've got the QR code. Open your camera app on your phone and just point it at the QR code, okay? And a link's gonna come up, and you push that link. That's gonna take you to the Greystone website do you love Greystone Church? And you go down, and there's three campuses, Loganville Campus, Monroe Campus, Oconee Campus. You push whatever campus you want to. I'm gonna push Loganville Campus. And then you can leave a, a five-star review. Now, don't be funny and leave a one-star review. This isn't the time to be funny, okay? So what we're trying to, we're trying to get the word out about our church. We want people to know about us. And so someone's Googling for church in the area we want Greystone Church to be the first church to pop up. So the more reviews we get, how the algorithms work, the higher we're gonna move up on the list, okay? And if you leave a comment, that's even better. So five-star review, and if you wanna leave a comment, like, I love Greystone Church, the, the people are friendly, uh, Pastor Jay is hilarious, uh, the first lady's beautiful, I love the music, I love small group, whatever. I don't wanna put words in your mouth. The preaching's amazing. Um, you know, write whatever you want to and uh, leave us a review and that'll put us at the top. And what we realized, I mean, used to be, you know, the lobby was the front door of the church. Now the front door of the church is the internet. I mean, everyone's checking, checking things out online before they're, before they're coming in person, so appreciate you guys doing that. If you weren't technology savvy enough to do that, uh, talk to your kids or your grandkids and they'll get it done for you. All right, the next thing we can do is serve next Sunday at Greystone Serves. We have a, a sheet in everyone's seat. And so Labor Day weekend, we do this every year. We don't have our regular church services. Uh, we all show up here, show up at all of our campuses at nine o'clock, we'll have breakfast, we'll have a free T-shirt. And then we're gonna go out into the community. Remember I talked a few weeks ago, if you meet someone's physical needs, it opens the door to meet their spiritual needs. So we're going out into the community to meet some physical needs. We're gonna go to the ballparks, we're gonna go to the local parks, we're going to the schools. So we're gonna do some work projects for our community 
to serve them to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and then hopefully it opens the door for us to share spiritually with them. And then the last thing you can do is to invite your friends and family to the new message series called Real Relationships beginning September 11th. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I opened the curtain of the church, those of y'all who were here, and I shared that sometimes we'll do felt needs message series. And so this is a felt needs message series, like, like relationships is a felt need. So we're, we're gonna talk about things like the loneliness epidemic. We're gonna talk about having real friends and how to make real friends and, and how to do life with, with others. We're gonna talk about uh, dating and singleness and we're gonna talk about marriage and family. We're gonna talk about these felt needs with the opportunity to push people to Jesus. So to push people to the truth of God's word. So I wanna encourage you, you could take a picture of this, both sides, put it on your social media, invite all your friends, maybe give it to a family member, give it to a friend, invite them to church. I promise you, if you do your part in bringing your friends, because that's the thing you can do that I can't do, because I'm not friends with your friends. I'm not family members with your family, but you are. So you can invite them, and I promise you when they come, we're gonna teach them the truth of God's word. You guys know that. We're gonna share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're gonna see lives change for all eternity. You want your kids, you want your grandkids to come to know Christ? Bring them to church, and we're gonna share with them the gospel, and we're, we're gonna believe that God is gonna change lives for all eternity. So those are four things you can do, four simple things anyone can do. If you do all four, it's like hitting a home run. And the application today is pretty simple. Will you commit to being a fisher of men? Will you commit to being a fisher of women? And I'm not asking you to do it on your own, like we're doing it together, it's just like, it's like a team. If each person does his or her part, God can use us to reach this world, to reach our community who desperately needs Jesus. All right, let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be a part of your purpose and your plan. God, to give our lives to something so much more than just fishing. We get to be a part of seeing lives change for all eternity. To be used by you to see somebody else's life change for all eternity. God, there's, there's nothing like it. There's no feeling in the world like it. I pray for our church, God, that we would be an hourly focused church that we would be a great commission church, that we would be a light in the dark world, and we would be known in our community as, as a church that cares for the community, a church that, that ministers to the schools, that ministers at the ballparks, that, that, that does our part. And I pray, God, that you would open doors. God, we can't change lives, but you can. So I pray for those sons and those daughters who don't know you, I pray they would come to know you. I pray for those grandkids who don't know you that they would come to know you. I pray for those siblings and those parents, those best friends. God, we can't change anybody's lives, but God, we believe that you can. And we're gonna step out in faith. We're stepping out of the boat. We're taking risks for you. We're getting out of our comfortable waters and we're going into the deep. And we're trusting you, God, for a miraculous catch. 
God, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to serve you. We're so grateful for those people who are crashing the waters of baptism. I pray it'd be a special day for them. It's a spiritual marker they're putting down. It's a huge part of their spiritual journey. Now, I pray today would be a special day for them. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more of these messages or info on Greystone Church, feel free to visit our website, greystonechurch.com. We pray that you will have an amazing day.